28 away from 10. Well, what a time it's been for sport all around the world, including the NRL. Uh, and in a very busy and stressful time, it is a, uh, it's a great pleasure to welcome to the show Todd Greenberg, head of the, head of the NRL. Todd, thanks for taking the time, mate. Good morning. My pleasure, Jason. Thanks for talking to us. Good to have you on the show, Todd. Um, just uh, to, to take it back to uh, Monday when you decided to suspend the NRL uh, for the season, uh, what were the main factors that led you to, to make that decision? Oh, look, two, two main ones. The primary one was we've been dealing with a, an expert, an independent expert outside the game who's really giving us advice on this crisis, that, uh, the, the global crisis, if you like, uh, about what we're dealing with through our communities. And we've uh, taken that advice throughout the last number of weeks uh, and all that advice has tended to suggest that we're okay to play, that uh, the removal of crowds ensured that our players were safe and we should continue our competition. And then that advice changed markedly on Monday when, uh, particularly in Australia, we started to see governments making tighter restrictions. We saw the spread of the virus considered considerably increase. And, you know, it was her considered advice to, to myself and to the Australian Rugby League Commission that it was time to stop the competition because the players couldn't be assured of the safety. Uh, and, and that's the primary purpose in every decision we make was our player safety. And then obviously second to that was we started to see border restrictions being put into place where we play games. And Queensland uh, had started to do what New Zealand have already done, which is start to close down their borders. And it made it almost impossible, if not impossible, for us to continue the competition. So we had to make a, a very difficult decision. OK, so the decision's been made now. So what are the immediate challenges facing you and the NRL right now, like today, this week? <laughs> well, there's a few of those. Um, so we could talk for a while on the challenges. But, you know, pr- challenge number one um, is the welfare of every single person that works inside our industry. And uh, what I mean by that is our players, our coaches, our football departments, uh, all of the staff that work across the game are now facing a very uncertain short and medium term in their lives and their professional careers. A lot of people are now wondering what it looks like in front of them. No one has any certainty on when we will return to play games, which then puts, you know, everyone's uh, own personal livelihoods at risk. And and that is a a very difficult time for them. Now, that's not to say that they're any different from everyone else in our communities who are also facing those uncertain times. But my most immediate and most pressing concern at the moment is for the welfare of the people and the industry. And then obviously... There's a very strong commercial element to that because when you don't play games, it's very difficult to get paid for those games. So there's a a very strong economic impact here, which we're working our way through. Just on that second point, what are the nature of the conversations you're currently having with your broadcast partners? Yeah, so we've been in contact with all of them, including our partners in New Zealand and Sky, who I've got to say have been wonderfully supportive of rugby league, not just through this period of time, but, you know, over the period of our partnership, as have... Fox Sports and, and Channel 9, uh, we're very fortunate to have you know strong partners who have provided great support to rugby league over the years. But our discussions with them are, are as simple as this. There are that we're unsure when we're coming back, but what we have told them is we'll be back and we are desperate to make sure we put our 2020 season on. That might be a condensed version of the season. It might be a full version of the season that runs way through until December. Uh, but we are still very hopeful and confident and planning for the Telstra Premiership to start again. What, what we can't tell you, though, is what it will look like and when it will start. How long, Todd, can you afford to not be playing rugby league? Well, there's two, questions, there's two ways I can answer that. The first one is 
Um, we're running scenarios that would see the competition come back in either June or July or August or, or even as late as September. So there are a number of scenarios that we think we can run which will drive the competition back up again, which obviously brings the revenues back into the game. And, you know, we've modelled all of that and the game will come out the other end quite comfortably under those scenarios. What What's more difficult is if we continue not to play games, uh, which obviously then affects the revenues. Uh, and I think the simplest way I can describe it to you is that we then have to reset the game's cost base. And that will mean that everyone across the game, um, whether that's myself, starting with myself and the executive team here and all the staff at the NRL, right through to all of our clubs, uh, to apply every player in every club, every uh, performance and strength and conditioner and coach in every club, everyone will have to consider the reduction in pay so that we can reset the cost base. Now, that that's a very uncomfortable discussion to have, but it's the only realistic one that an industry like ours can have. And again, we won't be different to almost every other industry, both in New Zealand and Australia, where if the revenues don't come in at the forecast levels, then you have to reset the cost base, and that's what we'll be doing. I don't like to talk worst-case scenarios, but if we extend on that second point you've made there, how real is it, the threat that uh, that some clubs, and in fact the NRL, might not come out the other side? Oh, we're very confident we can come out the other side. You know, we've had... We've had two very strong financial years. Uh, last year, the game made a surplus of just over thirty million, and we banked that. The year before, we banked a surplus of just more than forty million. So, over the last few years, the game's economically been very strong, and we've been, you know, um, smart enough to put those funds away. Uh, I'd like to have more in the bank, but I suppose who wouldn't during a time of crisis like this? Um, but we'll, we'll get through it, uh, and we will need to cut our cut off accordingly um, during this time and it will be tricky. I'm not going to sugarcoat it we've got a very difficult journey in front of us in the months ahead as we navigate some very uncharted waters we're, we're, we're dealing with what I can only describe as just extraordinary times that uh, are unprecedented in most of our lives and probably will be never seen again, let's hope that's the case but uh, we have to work our way through it. Uh, the game's strong and resilient the people in it are strong and resilient and I know how much they love the industry and the sport, and as I know how much people as fans and members of clubs love the sport, but it's going to need all of us to pull together um, and it's going to need all of us to stay united for the greater good. And what's that greater good? It's the game itself. And there's going to have to be some significant sacrifices on the way if we are to come out the other side. And when we do, I think we'll be much better for it. Mm, indeed. Is there, I mean, is September through to December realistic? I see the Rugby League Players Association touted that as possible this morning. Could you go that late in the year, Todd, if needed? Well, we could if we had to. Um, you know, if, if you had a choice, we'd be playing football right now. Uh, but as I said, we are in extraordinary times. Um, there is a scenario that says that we could kick off in early September and finish by the end of the year, and that would uh, have a competition structure which was reduced. It would still play a final series in our grand final. Um, now, again, if, if you started with a blank piece of paper, that wouldn't be option A, but none of us have the opportunity to have a crystal ball to tell us when we might be able to play again. So what we are trying to do is find a way to fulfil, if not all of our commitments, then a fair portion of them in 2020. And that is one of the scenarios. But I've got to tell you, there's a small, very small group of people here at NRL headquarters um, bunkered down with more whiteboards than I've seen in one place at one time and every scenario is being developed every opportunity is being developed we're leaving no stone unturned as we try to turn over anything and anything that's possible to ensure we get rugby league on the field again in 2020 I can just imagine the imagine the uh, the uh 
the scenario, the scene in your war room, if you're calling it that, uh, with the whiteboards everywhere. Um, just a couple yeah. more for you, Todd, and I really appreciate your time. Um, what what are the main messages you're giving to the clubs at the moment? Because I'd imagine that all 16 clubs are, are in, as you said, unprecedented, unsettling, extraordinary times. What's the messaging you're giving to each of the NRL clubs at the moment? Well, I think uh, the most important message at the moment is uh, be patient and look after each other and look after your families. Um, I think particularly in New Zealand and Australia at the particular moment, I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Um, and so I think we need to be conscious and understand that whilst you know we're talking about rugby league as a sport and a game and a livelihood for a lot of people, there are much bigger issues for us to confront in our society and within our respective countries at the moment. So I think first and foremost, uh, the welfare and safety and health of our players, their extended families, is, is priority number one. And so we've told all the players that we won't be playing. Uh, everyone has been told to take that break. Uh, that's what they'll be doing. And most importantly, look after each other. And I think there's a strong duty of care within the sport for us to make sure that we have enough support systems around some of uh, all of those players and their families to ensure that we provide as much support as possible for them. They're in uncertain times. Uh, I've learned over the years that rugby league players love everything about structure. The structure in their life, their day-to-day routine is very important, and that will be non-existent at the moment. So we need to provide as much support to them as possible. And, and, and I wanted to use the opportunity while we're talking, Jason, to congratulate the Warriors, uh, the organisation, their chairman and CEO and coach and captain have been nothing short of just strong quality leadership, the ability for them to stick it out in Australia for the first two rounds in very difficult circumstances away from families. Um, And I was really pleased that we were able to get them on a flight quickly to get home to their family and loved ones. But all credit to the Warriors. Um, There's a lot of people in this country now who'll take them under their wing as their second team for the resilience and courage they showed in recent weeks here and keeping our competition alive. And that won't be forgotten by a lot of people for a long period of time. Great words. Just just one final question around the clubs. I mean, you're obviously working as hard as you can to to uh, to see what the future might hold and to come out with the best case scenario. Uh, how much is incumbent on the clubs themselves, Todd, to to deal with the situation that is facing them as clubs? Yeah, I mean, I think all sixteen are individual businesses, you know, led and governed by you know leaders across our industry. So there's no doubt there's a huge onus of responsibility on each club. Uh, what we're trying to do is to try to put frameworks and policies and protocols in place on a game-wide basis to help those clubs and then execute them individually within them. So, you know, uh, ha- how the guidelines will work for their players, uh, testing procedures, uh, you know, the way we would do best practice across the game so that each six, one of the 16 clubs doesn't have to start from scratch. Um, so giving them the best advice. But ultimately, like everything in life, for your, for you and me and, and everyone else, it's about personal accountability and responsibility. We've got to all make good decisions. Uh, we've got to make smart decisions. We've got to consider what we're uh, dealing with at the moment in, in a very, very uncertain time. And we've just got to make smart, key decisions and be accountable for those. And I don't think any of us can get away from that in this period of time. And, and that would be my best advice to every single person inside the game is, Let's make sure we make good, reasoned decisions and a lot of people will need to stand up straight in this period because it's not going to be easy. Thanks so much for being so generous with your time, Todd. And uh, look, all the best for what lies ahead in these uncertain times and uh, and stay safe. Good on you, Jason. Thanks for having me on the show and appreciate the support of Rugby League. Thank you.